So we are going to be in a four-week series called The Freedom of Forgiveness. And uh, I need to do something a little bit before we start because, again, I feel like there's just a little, a little energy in the room. So what I want, I, want, I want us to be a friendly, hospitable church. Can we do that? So what I want you to do for the next 60 seconds, just turn to the people around you, high-five them, fist bump them, and just say, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you. Real good right now. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you. Online, do it in the comments. Reply to somebody. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you. Oh, yeah. All right, a little. I'm glad to see you too, Blake. Man, uh, we've been doing uh, or our youth ministry, the 662, every single year for the past two years, we've been doing what we call a word of the year. And our word of the year for 2022 is this word crazy. Everybody say crazy. crazy. Now, listen, all right, let me, let me, okay, that was good. Y'all, y'all did really good. Um, it's been a busy, like, month for me, so I'm really, really tired, but I'm going to give you everything I got. But I'm going to need y'all to, you know, help me. First service got energy today. I'm worried second service is going to be a little. But I, y'all got me today, okay? Y'all, my church family got me today, okay? Um, but we've been doing this. A uh, word of the year for this year is crazy. And when you think about something that is crazy, you're simply saying that thing doesn't make sense. And so we're believing that God, who is crazy, because he just, the, his, who, his, the idea of God, it just doesn't make sense. That's why he's worthy of being worshipped, because we can't fully comprehend who he is. And we've been believing in faith that God is going to do crazy things in our lives. He's going to do things in our lives that we can't, we can't even explain how he did them, why he did them, when he did them. We just know that it was him. And so I just need to take a minute because this for me is crazy. Like I, I, I don't know where your faith is, but I need y'all to understand that me being up here right now is proof that God exists. And some of you don't believe that because you didn't know me five years ago. I got a couple people who knew me several years ago, and they would be able to tell you that me just standing on the stage is a miracle that God exists. It is a proof that God exists. So I'm, I am here this morning and this month on assignment from God that I am, okay, I need to not get too ahead of my notes because this series so I'm going I'm to need Steve Yelverton to give me some security as I walk out the room on Sundays for this series, okay? <laughs> this series, this is not, I told the people uh, in pre-service today, this is not a four-week series on how God forgave you of your sins. This is a four-week series on the fact that you need to forgive somebody for what they did. <laughs> okay. If you have your Bible, open it up to Mark 11. I'm going to Mark 11 real quick. I'm going to Mark 11. We're going to be there in just a little bit. I want to kind of talk about how this series came to be. So uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, Pastor Troy, uh, he sat down with me and Jenny. Jenny is our administrative assistant. He sat down with me and Jenny, and he was kind of saying that they were going to go on sabbatical this year. They were going on a seven-week seven sabbatical in the summer. And he was just kind of getting us prepared for preparation, what's going to look like, how our service is going to look, how the office hour is going to look, what are some things that we're going to need to do and stuff like that. And so when he said that, he kind of looked at me and he was like, you know, Pastor Braden, I'm probably going to get you to teach a couple of messages. I'll probably get Dwindle to teach a couple of messages. I got a couple of other pastors of other churches I can reach out to, a couple of friends, all this stuff. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, that's cool. And when the meeting was over, 
I felt so strongly in my spirit that God wanted me to teach a four-week series the whole month of June. Now, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when God asks me to do something, I have what I like to call the Moses mentality. Some of y'all here read y'all's Bible. Somehow it wasn't funny because you don't read your Bible. That's okay. But the Moses mentality is this mentality that I'm not enough. You need to pick somebody else. So God put that on my heart, and I was like, okay, God, listen. We got to move. My wife is pregnant. I got Camp 662 coming up. Like, I'm down for like two Sundays. But for the whole month of June, listen, God, you need to pick somebody else. But I, I am grateful for a persistent God, a God who doesn't, the God, like, he was so persistent with Moses, because Moses over and over again, pick somebody else, pick somebody else, pick somebody else. And now Moses is one of the most famous characters in the entire scripture story, in the entire Bible. He, like, when I say Moses, you know the name, because of God's persistence and keeping, putting his purpose and putting his uh, heart into Moses. And so I was, I was, you know, it was like a Tuesday, and usually on Tuesdays in the office, I'm working on my message for Wednesdays. And so I get down, and I'm, like, preparing my message. And I was like, okay, I think I was preparing for, like, Battle of the Sexes, and I was super excited. I, had, I could not focus because God's conviction was so strong on my heart that I needed to walk into Pastor Troy's office and tell him that I'm going to do all four Sundays in June. So I got to the point where I was like, I don't, I'll lose every argument with God. I don't know if anybody else has ever won before. I'll lose all my arguments with God. So I was like, okay, God, you win, whatever. But, but and I, want, I love what the song that we just talked about, Oh, Holy One, kind of talking about the, the Holy Spirit. Like I kept telling him, I'm not enough. And whenever you tell him you're not enough, you're also declaring that he is not enough. <laughs> because if you don't think that you're enough, then you're saying he's not good enough to use you. As broken as you are, as flawed as you are, you're not enough, so God must not be enough to use you. But I kept getting convicted. Like, and he kept telling me, he's like, Brayden, you're not enough by yourself. You are enough with my help. And so I walked into Pastor Troy's office, and I was like, listen, I really feel like God wants me to teach all four weeks in June. And I love Pastor Troy because he did not even hesitate. He was like, and that's how I knew it was from God. Because I was like, because Pastor Troy could have really been like, yeah, but you got this and you got this. Because he knew what was going on. But he, he was like, okay, I'm down. I'll put you down for it. He looked at me in the face and he was like, what series do you want to do? I was like, I ain't really got that far. <laughs> I just, I was just, I've been spending like 30 minutes arguing with God, and I just, you got to give me a minute. I didn't say that, of course, but I, did, I was like, I don't, I don't know yet. Um, and then I kept praying about it and praying about it, and this series is the one that God put in my heart, because I really feel like there are a lot of God's people, a lot of the church, not just city church, but big C church, worldwide church, who struggle with forgiving other people. If I could be like plain and simple, um, and so and like even this is this is, I love I, I love the Holy Spirit because some of you right now I just mentioned the word forgiveness and some of you right now you are so angry because the only thing you can think about is what they did. That's it. You you are so some of you are not even listening to me anymore. You're like I don't want to hear about Braden. You don't know what they did. You. You don't know what they said. You don't know how they made me feel. You don't know what they said to somebody I love. And so we're going to take this four-week series and 
if you are not authentic with yourself, you will not receive freedom. That's why I'm calling it the freedom of forgiveness. Because unforgiveness, we're going to call unforgiveness, is a prison and a, a, it is chains of hatred and bitterness and anger and depression and shame. All you are doing by not forgiving them is hurting you. And so we're going to walk through this series and see what we can learn about forgiveness. So the freedom of forgiveness, that is the, again, the uh, title of our series. So there's the, really the main reason, if I could, I'm going to kind of bring this all back and center before we get to the title of the message. The reason why I want to do this series outside of because God told me to um, was because the reason why we're so bad at forgiving is because it's not really taught very well. Like most of you in the room, if you were to narrow down everything that you have been taught about forgiveness, you can narrow down to these two points. God sent Jesus to forgive my sins and forgive others as God forgave you. That's it. That, that's, and if nobody teaches you how, nobody teaches you why, nobody teaches you what that looks like, nobody explains to you that it's a process, nobody explains to you that sometimes it's a daily thing and not a one-time thing. If nobody teaches you about forgiveness, you are left in the wilderness to figure it out for yourself. And we're not good in the wilderness at all. Some of y'all don't read your Bible, you still don't know what that means. We, we are not good. Human beings by ourselves are not good in the wilderness. So what I want to do is I want to take this topic, this idea of forgiveness, and I just want to break it down. I want to teach you. I want to teach you more than, yeah, you should forgive them. All right, go home. Just forgive them. Go home. I want, I want to teach and break it down for all of you throughout this series. So the title of the message for this morning, you can write this down, is the pain of unforgiveness. The pain of unforgiveness. Before I can talk about, because some of you, the only thing you want to hear is, okay, Pastor Braden, how do I forgive them? We'll get there. But before I get to that, I have to explain, because some of you, I have to like convince you that you need to forgive them. Because some of you are like, I don't, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They, they don't, they don't, you don't, they, but, okay, okay. Break it down, break it down, break it down. Holy Spirit, help me. I'm trying not to get like all through. Some, I've been told I have a problem with talking too fast. And I'm so glad that was funny because now everybody knows. The reason why I talk fast is because I got like everything in me and I'm just trying to, okay. Some of you, some of you don't even know how to forgive. Somebody don't even know that you need to forgive. Like some of you are carrying pain with you everywhere you go and you don't even know where it came from. Because something that happened to you decades ago in your past. So today, this morning, if y'all will allow me to, we're going to talk about the pain of unforgiveness. I need you to understand how hurt you are being before you can understand why you need to forgive. Some of you need to be convinced about the pain that you are causing yourself to go through. And that's what unforgiveness is. It is just, it's, it's weight that you were never intended to carry. Like some of you are emotionally, mentally, spiritually exhausted because you're carrying pain and weight that you were never meant to carry. You were never meant to, to wear that kind of burden. And I think, actually, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Come on, Hutton. I'll have somebody going to help me with an illustration. Come up here, buddy. Come here, Hutton. Come here, Hutton. Y'all give it up for Hutton. Come here, buddy. 
And actually, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna stay right here. What's up, buddy? So this is Hutton. Hutton's gonna help me with an illustration. Hutton's gonna help me kind of illustrate what some of y'all look like spiritually. Okay, because this is the 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 you good you good down there? You wanna hold my hand? Okay. Some of you like, and this is a sad thing, but I need to convince you that you need to forgive. So let me help you out. So this is Hutton. Hutton, you wanna tell everybody how old you are? Six. Six years old. Hutton, you want to tell everybody, uh, who's your favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay, so something that I have learned being in Kid City and, again, as, as I've been preparing for a child who's on the way and I've been, I've been an older brother for my whole life, that when it comes to carrying a child, they're easier to carry the closer to your body they are. Okay? So I'm going to pick you up right here, okay? Ooh. All right, I want you to, to lay your head on my shoulder. Lay your head on my shoulder. So the closer I have Hutton to me, the easier he is to carry. And most of the time, when you see a parent with their child, this is how they're holding them. Unless, of course, they're a baby. Then they've got them. But like when it's, they're, they're holding them like this, you don't ever see a parent holding a child like this. Why, why don't parents, now some of the parents, they do, because they don't, whatever. But why don't parents hold their child like that? Because it's harder. It's, no, but. Good morning. Welcome to City Church. How are you today? You're good. And this is what God revealed to me, is that the weight is harder to carry the further you push it away. Some of you. The reason why you've been in so much pain is because you won't admit that you have the issue. The, 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 the weight of unforgiveness that's in your life, you're acting like it's not there. I don't need to forgive them. They didn't hurt me. <laughs> Look at this. His weight didn't change. It wasn't what I was carrying, it was how I was carrying it. And what I'm, what I'm trying to get some of you to do is to understand that the issue is harder to carry the longer you ignore it. The longer you act like it isn't there. I heard a principal a while ago that I don't know, it's probably a pastor somewhere, but he said, the first step into fixing your problem is admitting you have one. And some of you, God, why am I so hurt? Why am I so exhausted? God, why am I so depressed? God, why am I going through this? Are there any problems in your life that you're acting like aren't there? And some of you, right now, as you're sitting in the chair, you are acting like you don't need to forgive nobody. And you won't receive freedom from it. Hutton, you go sit down. Y'all give it up to for Hutton. You go sit down, buddy. So write this point down. God can't heal what I won't uncover. God can't heal what I won't uncover. If you will not admit the problem that you have about forgiving them, and, and it depends, and I know some people, like when we talk about this idea of forgiveness, the person that you need to forgive, it varies for everybody. Like some of you, you need to forgive a father. 
Some of you, it's a mother. Some of you, it's a sibling. Some of you, it's a person you're sitting next to. Look right here. Just don't look right here. Just don't. Some of you, it's the person that's sitting in the same chair as you. Did somebody catch it? Somebody caught it? Some of you, the person you need to forgive is you. So, and some of you, the, like, the person you need to forgive, you don't even know them. You've just been arguing with them on Facebook. But this is, hey, I'm coming in your business this morning. I'm trying to, and, and it seems like, what's the best way for me to say this? I think the reason why we have such an issue with this is because, because, because we don't understand what true forgiveness is. We don't really fully comprehend what Jesus did on that cross. And so we are going to talk about, of course, Jesus through this series. This isn't like, no, I'm not just going to not mention grace. I can't talk about forgiveness without mentioning the grace of God. We'll, we'll talk about that throughout the whole entire series. But I want you to understand that unforgiveness, it brings you pain. It brings you pain. So God will not heal what I won't uncover. So I, I, I feel like I had your turn to Mark 11. We're going to read a couple of verses from there. I believe the reason why forgiveness isn't talked about a lot is because forgiveness has been expected. Like you're just expected to forgive them. So I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to teach it. I'm not going to explain it. And I think I want to read through a passage. I'll read a couple of verses from Mark that is probably, not, it's probably in my, from what I have understood, one of the most like confusing passages, like when, when atheists or philosophers, philosophers or theologians or Bible scholars or people who are believing other religions and they're studying the Bible and trying to do all this stuff. This is one of the verses that really trips them up. One of the passages that really trips them up. And I want to read it this morning. Mark 11, starting in verse 22, says this, Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And it will, everybody say it will, it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Verse 25, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone. We love verse 24. We don't like verse 25. Forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now, the part that really trips us up in verse 25 is that last line. A lot of people read that, and they're like, so you're saying that if I don't forgive someone, that God is going to take away my salvation, that i got to get re-saved. And, of course, we don't believe that. We believe in getting saved one time. It's like, what is this really teaching? What this verse is teaching us is that if you do not forgive someone for what they did, then you must not really be a Christian. Because if you're really a Christian and you really could comprehend and you really have an understanding of what Jesus Christ did and what God really forgave you from, forgiveness would be easy. Just like Dwayne was talking about. Like, how, how are you going to hold a grudge against somebody when you know what you've done? And forgiveness is, that's why one of the things that when we talk about God's grace is that nobody's better than anybody. 
there aren't levels to God's love. It's not like God loves me more because I'm in church. God loves me more because I worship. God loves me more because I'm a pastor. God loves me. Grace is for everybody. For you and the serial killer and the drug addict and the homosexual and the parent that you can't forgive and the sibling you can't forgive. It is for everybody. And so this verse is not saying, okay, you didn't forgive them, so God is going to take away the forgiveness of your sins, and you got to get resaved and rebaptized, and you got to go through that whole, you got to become a baby Christian, you got to go through all that. No, no, what he's saying is if you really are not going to forgive them, then you can't be my follower, because my followers are expected to forgive. So write this point down. Forgiveness is a gift. Forgiveness is a gift. And this is not what we think when we hear about forgiveness, we think forgiveness is an obligation. Forgiveness is a job. Forgiveness is a task. Forgiveness is difficult. But forgiveness is a gift because God knew people were going to hurt you. Like, it's not like we, we think, we, we like go to God and we say, but they did this and they did this. and they did. God knew when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve that people were going to sin against each other. People were going to hurt each other. And God could not stop it because it was out of God's love that he gave us free will. That's like a whole other message, but I need you to understand, like, why is there so much evil in the world? Why did my dad treat me like this? Why did I grow up in a home like this? Why is my spouse acting like this? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? God allowed everybody, everybody, because he loves everybody the same, everybody has free will because if God was controlling everything you did, he wouldn't really love you. Just put it in a human relationship. If you were in a dating or a marriage relationship and that other person controlled everything you did, when you woke up, what you wore, who you talked to, the job you had, how you spent your money, they controlled everything you did. There's no love there. So what was one of the greatest ways God proved his love? He gave you choice. This is why God told Adam not to eat from the tree. The only reason God told Adam not to eat from the tree is because Adam had the choice to eat from it. If, if Adam didn't have the choice, he would have never said anything to him. So why are all these evil things happening? Because people have free will, and God knew that people were going to hurt you. So what was the one thing God could empower you to do to not deal with that pain every day of your life. Forgive. Forgiveness is a gift from God that you would not have to live every single day hurt by what they did to you. Some of you, you, know, you some of you, you just hear the name of that person and your whole day is ruined. You were having a great Sunday service and somebody walked in with the same name as them, whoever them is for you. I don't know who that is. Whoever them is, you just heard their name. Or they walked in the room. Or they walked into your home. Or they popped up on your social media feed. Like it's, it happens in an instant where your whole attitude changes. And the only way to not live like that is forgive them. Forgiveness is a gift from God. And you can't, <laughs> so good, you cannot Give something you haven't first received. And that's why so many Christians struggle with forgiving other people because you, you are saved and you are going to go to heaven and you have been forgiven of your sins. You just haven't got a full revelation of what that forgiveness looks like. 
And so when you receive that full forgiveness, you receive that revelation of, wow, this is what God forgave me for. God could stop blessing us right now. Once you realize that what Jesus did on the cross was more than enough, your whole entire attitude would change. Some of you are so mad that God is not blessing you. He doesn't own you anything. He doesn't, you, you don't deserve anything. The only thing you deserve is condemnation. But it was out of God's love that he forgave you. And one of the things he empowers us to do is to forgive others. But Pastor Braden, doesn't the Bible say something like an eye for an eye? Like a tooth for a tooth, or it's in like it's in like the Old Testament somewhere, Pastor Brandon. This guy, I know it's back there, Pastor Brandon. Leviticus does say an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But number one, that's talking about the court of law, justice system. That's not talking about when somebody calls you a bad name so you can cuss back at them. That's not that's not how that works, okay? But you gotta also understand we live under the covenant of grace. And Jesus specifically mentions this. In Matthew 5, verse 38, Jesus says, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. I like that, Pastor Brandon. I like that. Verse 39, but I say, this is Jesus, do not resist an evil person. Wait, he's saying don't fight back. Don't retaliate. Don't resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court, and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat to. Forgiveness is not fair, but it wasn't fair when Jesus died either. Forgiveness is not fair. I, I'm trying, that's like in, my, that's like in my, my points next week, so I'm gonna make sure I don't get ahead. Let me just, let me come back here. Let me go back to my notes. I'm getting a little bit too ahead of myself. So if unforgiveness, bring, let's go back to this topic of unforgiveness. If unforgiveness brings us so much pain, then why do we hold on to it? That, that's like another question. It's like, okay, Pastor Brayden, I understand that I don't need to hold on to this anymore. But why can I not, why is it so hard? Why is it so natural for me? Why this, why that? And I think we need to talk about what is it that causes you to not forgive somebody. So if you're taking notes, write this point down. Offense causes unforgiveness. Offense causes Unforgiveness. The reason why you are not able to forgive them is because something they did offended you. It made you feel unworthy, made you feel unloved, made you feel like a disappointment. Maybe they hurt somebody that you loved. Something that they did offended you. They they, they cut you off on good men. They ride your tail. They, okay. (laughs) Something they did offended you. And it's really difficult, especially in this culture, this point is, because you get offended by everything. You don't wear a mask. You don't get the vaccine. You didn't get the vaccine. You support Biden? What's your skin color? Y'all so quiet. And and some people even get offended by the truth. Like, the Bible says the truth sets you free. But if you don't like the truth, it's going to offend you. And so you're going to have unforgiveness in your heart because somebody was trying to help you. 
let me, this is the, this would be the, the easiest way I can explain this. So put that picture up that I got, that I put in the computer earlier. Uh, this right here is the NFL standings for this past season. So we see that the Green Bay Packers went 13-4. and four. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went 13-4. and four. They had the best overall record of any NFL team in the NFL, uh, in the NFL last season. Uh, we see Tennessee Titans, 12-5, and five, Kansas City. You can go to that next point, our next uh, picture. LA Rams, the Rams are highlighted because that's my team, Super Bowl champs. Let's go. Uh, so we see the standings. we got Arizona at 8, 11-6, Cincinnati and Las Vegas. The New England Patriots at the bottom, they got cut off. They're all at 10-7. Go to that next picture for me. We see some more. Washington Commanders, 7-10. The Seahawks had an awful season. Went <laughs> 7-10, bunch of 7-10s. Patrick's team is right here at 27, 5 and 12. You got that next picture. This is the last, the worst five teams in the NFL. Jets, Texans, Giants, all at 4 and 13. The Lions went 3, 13, and 1. They had one tie. And the Jaguars went 3 and 14. This is how easily people get offended. Is you could go up to a Jaguars fan and say, hey, listen, dude, your team is not good. They're, statistically, they're just not, they're not up to par with, and they would get mad. My team is what? Uh, my team is great. Look how many, but this is a very silly, goofy, but some people literally argue and cuss at each other because you said my 3 and 14 team was bad. So now the question is, well, why do we get offended over little things? Like the big things I get. Like, of course, I'm going to get offended about some, some people who do like the big, like they hurt me. But, but the little things, why do we get offended by the little things? Because if all you know is carrying offense, all you're going to do is carry offense. And you've never been able to let go of an offense. So you're just going to keep picking them up. And so there's this quote that I heard, another quote from a pastor. Again, I don't remember who it was, but God brought it back to my memory. It says, you cannot live a life outside of how you identify yourself. So if you identify yourself as not enough, if that's how you see yourself, then every relationship you get in, you will only focus on what they do to make you feel like not enough. If your mother made you feel like a disappointment from the time you were born, your spouse that you marry will have to deal with your issues that you were never able to forgive what your mother did, and now you feel like a disappointment all the time. You can say this about being in love. You can say this about being depressed. You can say, however you, I, some people, this is the, one of the most like, frustrating things for me, and some people are like, yeah, I'm just depressed. If that's how you identify yourself, that's how you'll live. I, I just, yeah. I have anxiety. Yeah, nobody loves me. Every, everybody hates me, so how is God going to love me? But some of you will start speaking truth. I am a child of God. I am given a spirit of strength and of joy. And it's the way you identify yourself. That is how your life is going to live. And I think that one of the things that really messes us up when it comes to 
forgiving and uh, dealing with the offenses that, that happened to us. And one of the things that God really put in my heart, this isn't even in my notes, but I feel like I need to, to say it to at least first service this morning. Just because you ignore them doesn't mean you forgave them. Just because you forgot about it doesn't mean you forgave them. Okay. Just because they passed away doesn't mean you forgave them. I want, I want to come at this gently because a lot of people think they're not here anymore. So I don't have to worry about it anymore. But you should think about it every day. You got to stop making excuses for why we're not forgiving them because all it's doing is hurting you and hurting your purpose, hurting your marriage, hurting your family, your kids are seeing it. Like you act like you got it all together, but you're falling apart. And one of the most frustrating things about the pain that people force us to go through or about the pain we allow ourselves to keep going through because we won't let it go and won't forgive them is this next point. Write it down. Pain hurts more when it's pointless. Pain hurts more when it's pointless. This is one of the things that so it just blows my mind about who God is because he can take that pain that somebody else puts you through and use it for his glory. And use it for your purpose. And this is why Romans, I'm, I'm not even going to read the whole entire verse. You can put Romans 28 up there where it says that he makes all things work together for the good. All things. Not the good things. Not the things that make sense. Not the things that I can figure out in my human finite mind. All things. And if some of you would surrender and release this pain that you have to him. But Pastor Brayden, how is he going to do it? I don't know. That's why he's God and I'm not. Like you do, he, he is the only one that is going to be able to take that pain that you think is so pointless and make it push towards your purpose and towards his glory. Pain is, hurts more whenever it's pointless. This last point before we, before we wrap up and before uh, we pray and uh, y'all, are just, y'all are going to be dismissed in just a, a few minutes, but we kind of, so we talked about offense is what causes unforgiveness. So I, I don't forgive them because they offended me for something. They offended me in some way. So Pastor Brayden, how, do, how does that offense happen? Like what, what does that even look like? What is offense? How did it come into my life? And so there's only two ways that offense enters into your life. Offense is either picked up or it's put on. It's picked up or it's put on. So it's put on in the sense of they offended you. And you didn't ask for the offense. You didn't ask for the pain. You didn't ask to feel that way. And most of the time when an offense is put on you, it's because of an offense that you learned when you were like seven that you didn't even know you picked up. An offense is picked up when you purposely are looking for reasons to get mad at people. Just grabbing for reasons. So y'all come up here. I'll have some people who are going to help me illustrate this in a better way. Y'all give it up for these boys who are coming up real quick. So these bags right here, every single one of these bags symbolizes offense. Okay, it symbolizes offense. So I'm going to stand right here. And the crazy thing about, y'all go this way, yeah, yeah. The crazy thing about offense is offense 
is everywhere. Offense is all around us. Everywhere you look, there's, I can get offended by that. I can get offended by that. I can get offended by that. It's everywhere, circling our life. And so what happens is when you're young, somebody puts an offense on you. So I need you to put the bag on me, cuz. There we go. He puts the offense. I didn't ask for it. I didn't really want it. Help me out. No, yeah, you're the one who, you're the one who made me feel dumb. You're the one. You're my, my father when I was young abused me, or my mother when I was young cussed at me, and she made me feel worthless. Or I, this offense was put on. I didn't really want it, but I got it. And so life goes on. Life goes on. It just keeps going on. And and then we get. And this is where we get again. All all I know, all all I know is being offended. I carry this with me everywhere I go. So now, when someone else comes up, and now this little offense that doesn't really matter, it's not even heavy, but he said my NFL team was bad. We'll just keep, <laughs> keep using the illustration. So now, you said my NFL team, so you put this offense on me too. I, I didn't want it, but the only reason, why, no, no, help me out. Yeah, I'm offended. Yeah, you hurt me. Uh-oh, it won't fit. Ugh. So look. It's fine, it's fine. Look, it needs to look crazy. It's supposed to be. Okay. But look, he, 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 he put this offense on me and I didn't want it. But Pastor Braden, it's so small, it doesn't matter. But all I know from my root offense issue is it's just a part of me. I just get offended. That's just what I do. So everything just keeps walking. Life is happening, and I'm not going to get offended by that or offended by that. And that looks like that could offend me, but I'm going to let that go, and I'm going to keep letting these things go. And wait, 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 wait. My, my dad made me feel stupid growing up my whole entire life, and you called me an idiot. You were just kidding. You were just joking, but it offended me. So go on, go on, go on. So we keep happening and keep walking and keep walking. And whoa, 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 whoa. You're a Mississippi State fan? Really? How could you wear maroon? Real things that offend people. Like, it's goofy. I'm, I'm, this is like, it's funny. It's supposed to be funny. But this is real. Like, families are broken up. I wish I was kidding. I really do. So keep walking. Keep walking. And they keep walking, and I see some more offenses. And so, well, that's a big offense. Well, you're a racist? You're a racist? He's not, by the way. Just let me. But, but look, you're, you're, you're. But I'm going to pick, like, you're a racist. I'm not even African-American, but I'm offended by that. And I'm getting, I'm getting way into my points next week. I'm not saying that him being a racist is okay. I'm not justifying his thought process and his judgment on others, but I am choosing to be offended by that. So keep walking, keep walking. All these different, so now I gotta, I gotta make sure I make room for some more offenses and do all this and we'll just keep, whoa, whoa, whoa. I cannot believe that you don't have a problem with gas prices right now. This is mine. Go, get, get, walk, walk. So, and my, these bags are getting a little heavy. Brayden, why don't you just put the bags down? Because nobody taught me how. Because all I know is to be offended. Is to be offended. And so, 
So, where? oh, whoa, I moved out of the house. And you're going to represent my mother or my father or a parent. I moved out of the house, and we came and ate at dinner, but my mother was acting the same way she did when I was there. And so now I want you to put that offense on me. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to have to get creative, and you're going to have to put that offense on me. Let me move some offenses around. Like, we literally make room for the offense. So let me, yep, yep. Put it on. There it goes. Okay. All right. Keep walking. Keep walking. And everybody keeps going. Everybody keeps going. And we keep, whoa, why'd you cut me off on Goodman? Go. Get out of here. Why'd you do that? Oh, my gosh. And here's this, this last offense. And look, we start chasing down the offense. We start going for it. Let me, I don't even know why you offended me. You just made me mad. And so, but look, <laughs> y'all go sit down, y'all go sit down. Spiritually, some of you look like this. Some of you are carrying around so many offenses that you can't, you can't even, I can't even do what God has called me to do properly. <laughs> I am called at this moment to stand on this stage with this microphone and preach to you. But because I'm so burdened by my offenses, I can't. I'm going to lift my hands and worship, Lord. He wants me to lift my arm out, and, but I just, he wants me to hold hands and pray with somebody, but I just, he wants me to, to hug and, and love my wife, but I just, my arms are so tired because I'm just, it's literally heavy, it's, so, it's actually heavy, but, but what, what forgiveness does, forgiveness, is some of you would just release, somebody, and sometimes it takes one at a time. It's a process. It's not, you're not going to drop all the bags at one time, but I'm going to slowly, I'm going to learn, okay, I'm going to drop this one. That one wasn't a big deal. I'm going to forgive slowly. I'm going to learn how to forgive. And you keep dropping the bags, and you keep letting go of these offenses, and eventually you're free. And one of the, as we close, this is one of the, the biggest issues that I believe Christians in America have is we are so bad at telling God how we really feel. You, you won't be transparent about how it really made you feel. Like about when, I, but when I pray to God, I'm just going to thank him for the day and thank him for giving me breath and I'm going to praise him and worship him and that's it. God wants to know how you feel. He knows how you feel, but it's like, I want you to think about your strongest human emotional connection you have on earth. Some of you, it's a spouse. Some of you, it's a sibling. Some of you, it's a friend. Some of you, it's a parent. Your strongest emotional connection with another human being, you have that because you're honest about how you feel. You open up about your feelings to them. They know what you're going through. And some of you, God has not even heard that you're angry. You haven't even told them how upset you are about what they did. He knows what they did. He knows how you feel. Then why doesn't he deal with the Pastor Brady? Because he wants to build a relationship with you. And so this morning as I pray, I'm not going to do a salvation prayer this morning. So if, you, if, you, if you're in the room and you want to learn more about salvation or you want to know what does it mean to truly 
be saved by the blood of Jesus? What did he really do on that cross? What does it look like getting into heaven? If you have any questions about that, find me or an elder team or find somebody and talk to them. But this morning, I feel like I need to speak to the room. And what I want, what I'm encouraging you to do as I pray is to tell God how you really feel. You're angry? Are you, are you really pissed off at what they did? Tell them. Are you upset? Tell them. Do you hate them? Tell them. Pastor Man, I can't tell God I hate somebody. He already knows you do. He wants transparency. He wants authenticity. He wants to know how you feel. And for some of you, this is, this is, I'm going to bring this all back. Telling God how you really feel is going to be step one in the whole process. Because God's the only one that can help you forgive. I don't know how good you think you are as a human being. You can't forgive them on your own. You can't. You can try. You've been trying for 20 years. And it still affects you. So keep trying. But the first step, what I said earlier, the first step into fixing your problem is admitting you have one. For some of you, that first step, you're going to get the chance to do right in just just a minute. By telling God how you feel, by telling God what they did, how did it make you feel. And we're going to allow God to show up in our hearts.